0: Your home for Southeast Motorsports Coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Lead Lap. I'm Tom Baker, and happy to be back with you on WSIC's family of stations or wherever you may be listening to this show. We have got a busy one in store for you as far as at least the material that we're going to cover here this week. We are going to start with our phone guest for the evening. We go to the hotline and bring on Mason Maggio. Mason is a racer from Florida who's competing here this year and uh, running in the Carolina pro late model series. Mason, good to have you back on the program and Boy, you had a nice uh, start to the season up at Southern National Motorsports Park a couple of weeks ago in the first um, Sea Palms, as we like to call it, Carolina Pro Late Model Series Race of the Year. Um, First of all, let's catch our audience up on the fact that you changed teams over the winter, going from light motorsports over to Rick Ware's late model team. Talk about the genesis of that and how that came about and, and uh, kind of get us caught up on what your plans are for this year. And then we'll talk about the race weekend.
2: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, uh, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. It's always great to talk to you on the lead lap radio here. And uh, yeah, so, you know, made the made the big decision to, you know, go over to E33 motorsports with Brickware racing. Um, basically, Rick Ware Racing's uh, late model development team. Um, you know, it was a, it was a big jump, uh, but you know, glad we made it for the most. Uh, for the most part, uh, certainly been enjoying my time uh, over there and working with the group that I'm working with. And yeah, so
3: you know, I, I, I give
2: a lot of credit to uh, Light Motorsports, uh, like you said, making the transition from them. Um, without them, I would have not gotten recognized. Uh, nor would I have been ready for the opportunity that I have at hand. Um, you know, the limited series Hickory Motor Speedway taught me a lot about just the full-size stock car aspect of things and saving sure. tires and a whole bunch of different uh, different avenues uh, when transitioning to a full-size stock car. And uh, You know, the lights treated me really well. They gave me all of the coaching and a lot of great materials uh, that I was able to use in transition. Uh, when going to the pro model with with E 33 motorsports guys uh yeah i mean we've, we've been off to a great start i mean uh you know between doing the thanksgiving classic at southern national back in november and then uh doing the season opener recently about two weeks ago and you know both uh both the third place finishes so um yeah i mean we're off to a really great start uh you know did some off-season, off-season testing and that was uh definitely successful and you know we're going to take the momentum that we've uh We've gotten from uh, the first two races we've ran together and uh, carry it off into Franklin County uh, this weekend for the second race of the season.
1: I forgot uh, that you had done the Thanksgiving race with your new team as well. Um, Now, you didn't win the track championship last year at Hickory, your teammate. Max Price did, but you won, uh, what, four features, I think, um, and really had a great season. And then, of course, you jump into the new car for the first time, the new situation up there uh, at Southern National, finished third, which really, I'm sure, gave you a lot of confidence coming into this uh, first race of the year. And so, again, another third-place finish, talk about racing with the new team, talk about your crew chief, talk about what maybe some of the uh, learning curves have been from uh, one team to the other and um, just kind of give us some perspective on the transition.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, to kind of give a quick recap on Southern national, I felt like like another third place finish was really respectable considering we had a, um a mishap in qualifying and that set us back to, to 10th on the starting grid and you know worked our way up to the field just minded our p's and q's uh and then when we got up to third you know ultimately had to settle cause, uh you know the front two were you know in their own zip code and way uh, ahead of me but um yeah you know i've been enjoying my time with uh with these guys so far and you know they've uh they've already treated me like family uh you know funny enough uh my, uh, car owner and, uh, our good buddy JR Current, who ultimately runs the uh, late model development program for Lickware Racing and, um, you know, part owner in E33 Motorsports, uh, first ever race together. He actually invited us over to Thanksgiving for his house since we were going to be out of town for Thanksgiving. So,
1: oh, nice.
2: uh, to say the least, he's treated us, he's treated us really well. And, you know, the whole team has been, uh, great to get to know. And I think we've, they've really uh, done a good job of establishing a a really good team. A lot of different um, avenues have been, you know, presented to to try to hopefully further my career, Um, you know, in in some way, shape or form, Uh, whether that's just insight with other teams, insight into the sport and the appropriate moves to make uh, going forward um, and things within that range. So, um, you know, that's a, it's certainly something that's uh, been a, a fun transition, and it's been an interesting one. Just learning the ins, ins and outs of, of NASCAR racing in particular, and what it what it can take to, to get to that level. So, um, but then again, you know, focusing on the Carolina Pro stuff, that's been a pretty pretty easy transition. You know, going from the from the limited to the straight rail Pro Late model, um, been able to take a lot of stuff from the limited and put it into the Pro and you know, basically start right where we left off. So uh, that's been the nice part, but definitely been enjoying my transition so far in the year. And I think we're going to go chase some trophies this year with, uh, with these guys and hopefully be in position to try to win the championship.
1: Well, you're off to a good start for sure. Uh, You're how old now? 17? Yes, sir. Yeah. 17. And, and uh, I actually saw you at Sebring um in december of all places and uh looked like you were going to get an opportunity to get some time racing with the champ car series which is a uh an endurance series that uh, was racing there the week before christmas you didn't get to actually run the race but you did get some time on the track what was it like uh running the road course there
2: yeah so i've i've really taken uh, a love for road course racing, uh, both with the with the NASCAR side of things, and then um, even with IMSA. So I have a, uh, you know, an acquaintance of ours that was involved with IMSA a handful of years ago, uh, driving for some of the top manufacturers, with, between you know Chevy and Mercedes and um, a whole bunch of different big um, big uh, manufacturers within uh, the IMSA series and sports car racing as a whole. Um, so getting to see uh, uh, an insight on all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's given me a, a lot of appreciation for road course racing. So yeah, you know, the champ car um, opportunity was interesting, you know, obviously we didn't get the finish that we wanted to, but got a bunch of valuable experience. Uh, absolutely fell in love with Sebring as a whole. And then, you know, piloting the Miata. Uh, it's just a super fun, it was a super fun opportunity. Uh, certainly something I would like to do again, whether that's in champ car or, or another series, But uh yeah definitely uh, enjoyed that opportunity and hopefully we can do something uh along the road within the within the sports car uh, racing series
1: so what did you uh, by the way i should add for those listening that uh, if you're not familiar with sebring of course it's a legendary historic track um, it's flatter than a pancake basically it's uh it's on uh, the, the grounds of an old an, an old airport, so a very different kind of road course. But uh, it, it's, it was a lot of fun to go and watch that series race, and great to see Mason on the track. Um, okay, so Mason first race out of the box this year obviously went very well. You've got Franklin County coming up. What are you expecting there? I mean, have you, have you raced at Franklin before?
2: Yeah, so funny enough, Tom. That's that's kind of the ironic thing about all of this. Is yes, we've gotten up the speed very quickly between the both Southern National races and you know a couple of the off-season test sessions. But every time I look at the schedule, I realize I haven't driven at eighty-five percent of the racetracks on, on, on the on <laughs> the Carolina Pro schedule yet. So yeah, that's uh, it's been interesting. You know, I've been trying to you know watch footage of Franklin County. Uh, particularly with the Cars Tour, um, just on YouTube. I feel like that is a little bit easier to, a- to access and obviously those guys are really experienced and race hard, so that's something I need to pay attention to as far as working on racecraft and uh, and I guess that goes for all the tracks on the schedule too, is just taking time to ask questions with my crew chief James Edwards and J.R. Courage um, and then watching footage and finding the closest thing to that track um, on iRacing and trying to the best idea that I can going into the to that particular racetrack, um, whether I've got experience at that track or not. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to Franklin. Uh, I think we can definitely come away with a solid top three finish. I think we can have a shot at the win. We got a good, really good setup on our car and uh, got the equipment to get it done. So uh, we'll just have to see uh, by the end of the weekend.
1: It should be fun. Now, um, as far as the um trip up there goes take it from someone who learned the hard way last year i don't care what your gps tells you to do go to rocky mount and access franklin from that side of the mountain because if you go the way that that at least that my gps coming from warsville wanted to take me um i did that last year and i'll tell you what uh, the drive back i stayed in hillsville and the drive back after the races at about, uh, 1130 was treacherous through the mountain and it was started to rain too. So, um, yeah, go to Rocky mountain, stay there and then, uh, go to Franklin from there. Just a a hint there. Okay. We're going to keep Mason on the line here and pick him back up, uh, in the next segment, but coming up on the show, we're also going to talk about something that's going on with regard to What I consider to be government overreach as far as motorsports that really could put our sport in jeopardy and going to have a little bit of a book review as well. So uh, lots to come here on League Lap. Stay with us. We will be right back.
0: or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way.
3: I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation.
4: I let go of trying to control things that I had no control over, and that helped me find peace of mind. Alcoholism is a disease that can affect any family. Everyone suffers, but there is help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups.
1: I was constantly stressed and worried. Now I approach each day with joy and gratitude.
4: In Al-Anon, families and friends of alcoholics find new ways to heal from the effects of a loved one's drinking. Al-Anon gave
2: me my life back. I'm a better father and husband.
4: Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Al-Anon and and Alateen can help. Local and virtual meetings are available. Maybe one could work for you. For information, call 1-866-200-0033 or visit alanonorg slash hope.
3: What an awesome game.
5: Hey, guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lab Radio.
1: Well, that was kind of an interesting uh, accident there because I didn't plan that. But uh, we went from last year's driver for Rick Ware Motorsports late model team, E33, to to uh, this year's driver, (laughs) Mason Maggio, is with us. Nathan Bird raced last year um, for the team that you're racing for this year. Um, So we talked about the upcoming race at Franklin County, but as you say, you have not uh, had the opportunity to race on most of the tracks. You focused basically on Hickory last year, running for the track title there. So what are you doing In preparation for now having to adapt to a new track just about every time out, um, what kind of training, what kind of are you doing sim, you watching YouTube videos, how are you kind of preparing and adjusting yourself from the mentality of running at the same track every week to running a different track every time you get in the
3: car?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, YouTube videos have been a huge help. I mean, it's it's as simple as just typing in Franklin County races or Franklin County helmet cams and, you know, looking at at the different perspectives and watching, you know, older races, you know, whether it's pro late models or late model stock, whatever, as long as, you know, you get a a good idea for what to expect, you know, both single car and and running, you know, within uh, race conditions and uh, things within that range. So, been using youtube um and you know video studying footage um as a big tool uh it's been a big tool of mine for the last you know several years um and then iRacing you know trying to find the closest track and the closest car to you know what you're going to do you know that weekend at that track um you know that's definitely been a big tool uh for me and i i can speak on behalf of several several drivers um on on the iRacing tool and then you know, asking questions with, uh, you know, my team as well. You know, I, I got a lot of experience that I can uh, rely on between the, our, uh, our late model side of things and both, uh, you know, my cup uh, couple of the cup teammates uh, on the cup side of things. So uh, that's certainly a nice tool to have and, you know, great advice to, to get it from, to say the least. So, uh, but yeah, those are really the main tools that I've used over the last, or particularly this season. Uh, that i'm gonna have to use now more than ever uh, so it's uh it's something that I' just gotta try to get accumulated with as quickly as I can, but uh, so far it hasn't been a problem between uh, both Southern national races and in uh, our off season testing.
1: How do you like working with James Edwards? I consider him to be one of the absolute top crew chief slash driver developers in that role um in this area and that there's you know that's that's the top of a pretty stout list but I've worked with James with with Tyler Dayton in the past and um and watched him work with other drivers as well just absolutely awesome the way that he communicates what has been your experience so far working with him
2: yeah obviously James is very experienced uh, both on the crew chiefing side um, and the driver's side. So, um, you know, he's been a great uh, asset to work with and, um, get to know over the past several months. Um, you know, I think we've really meshed very, very well together. Uh, we've come to an understanding of, you know, what I would need in the car and what he would need out of me as a driver. And we've gotten up to speed each other as far as the driver crew relationship very, very quickly. Um, still learning a lot about him, um, off the track, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I've been enjoying my time working with him and uh, definitely a a great uh, person to work with. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's great. I've enjoyed working with him so far. And uh, I think we're going to continue to find uh, more success working with each other throughout the year.
1: What are you seeing? I know you've you've only done one race so far, but what are you seeing as far as, uh, I mean, we, we see the, the tire shortages and we see part shortages and, you know, obviously the price of gas is going up. I mean, what did you did you pick up on anything at uh, at the opening race or observe anything that that kind of gives us a clue as to what we can expect uh, going forward here and what kind of situation we've got uh, with regard to racing, especially in this particular area? Yeah. Um
2: you know, it's a topic that I've been trying to pay as much attention as I can to without it, you know, overwhelming our minds. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people have come to a point where it can be overwhelming. And yeah, um, I can, I can certainly understand it. And it's something that I'm trying to pay as much attention to as I can. Um, but I think, I think we should be, um, in decent shape. Um, I think, you know, overall, it's going to be interesting how it plays out more and more throughout the year, um, especially with where the world's at right now. Um, you know, we're kind of in a po- at a point to where, you know, we need a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of an uprising, just kind of a, you know, just get us back on our feet in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think once we do that, I think we'll be in much better shape. Uh, but you know, it's, it's really tough to say as of right now with what's going on in the world and what's going on with the, with the racing community and tracks across the country. So it's, um, it'll be interesting to watch uh, throughout the year, but, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is not letting it overwhelm, uh, the fact that, you know, I'm working with these guys and I'm going to try to make the most out of the opportunity that they've given me to go out there and try to go trophy hunting. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it all plays out, but, uh, yeah, definitely trying to not let it overwhelm me or, you know, get me too uh, anxious.
1: Yeah, imagine. Yeah, it, it certainly could. If you think about it long enough, uh, there's no question about that. Um, okay, so talk about, first of all, um, I want to get this in and then we'll continue, but who helps you make all of this stuff happen? Because I know you've had a lot of people that have come together to get you into this situation, Mason.
2: Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, my family, you know, so sacrificing uh, their time and their effort to uh, allow me to pursue my dreams, uh, my crazy racing dreams, as I like to call it. Um, And then, obviously, everybody at E33 Motorsports, Rickware Racing, um, for giving me the opportunity and and, uh, giving us great race cars week in, week out. Uh, Big thank you to all of our partners this year. We had a lot of our partners uh, that came back this year uh, with HMY Yacht Sales, Bahama Beach Club, uh, Richmar Forest. Um, you know, we got a couple new partners this year that we're really excited to have, uh, with GCI Slingers, Gravel Conveyors, uh, Dry Shine USA, um, and then Crawford Garage Doors coming on board. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have them and represent their companies uh, throughout the year. And, um, am looking forward to a really great year with them and hopefully bring them to victory lane and uh, give, uh, their businesses some bragging rights.
1: Okay, now you had an opportunity, I believe, to test an ARCA car at Daytona, did you not?
2: I did. Okay, yep, I
1: did. so about two minutes or so. Tell us about that. That must have been pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, it was It was a dream come true. been wanting to run Daytona and get something, some sort of race car, uh, for as long as I can remember uh, the racing bug uh, getting to me, so. Um, yeah, it was a really fun opportunity sharing the uh the driver's seat with Andy Jankoyak and everybody at AJ Racing. Uh and did the uh final test day, um, I think eighth on the charts and then twenty fifth overall out of everybody and uh it was just an incredible experience, experience and uh just super grateful for the opportunity to have done that and hopefully uh within the next year or two we'll be uh, actually racing around Daytona um in a stock car. So uh We'll see how it all unfolds here in the future, but uh, definitely going to favor that uh, moment of being on those high banks.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, did you get any uh, chance to draft at all? What was that like?
2: Yeah, so that was really interesting, uh, you know, getting the draft and getting the the feel of how the cars handle within that. Um, yeah, it's, that, that was a really interesting experience for me. Um, you know, I paid a lot of attention. Uh, again going back to the footage uh, situation you know just watching uh, the previous recreation seeing how those cars handle all together and ultimately that was probably the most fun i've had uh that whole uh weekend of testing uh was just drafting and you know the spotters working together to switch everybody around and see how everybody else's car is going to handle in certain situations so um you know that was certainly a really cool experience and uh to see how everybody work together um to just see how how quickly they can get their cars in certain situations uh definitely a, a cool opportunity to work with uh, a lot of different guys within the garage
1: area i can only imagine and uh was excited to see you get that chance and really looking forward obviously you're in a you're in with some folks who uh kind of know some folks who own cup teams so, uh, hopefully, at some point down the road, as you climb the ladder, uh, maybe some opportunity will come your way for that. But uh, I know you're excited about the what you're doing this year with the Carolina Pro Late Model Series. Are there any other pro races that are on your calendar other than just uh, that particular series?
2: Yeah, so as of right now, um, I know I have one confirmed car story running. i uh, going to have some, some partners, uh, funny enough, within me. The- E33 Motorsports and both the, the Cup uh, side of, of Rick Ritt Racing uh, that are going to be joining us for that. Nice. Um, I'll be sure to announce that uh, pretty soon as it'll be coming up pretty quick before you know it. Um, but uh, As far as I know, that's the one car Tour race I got lined up. Uh, would love to do some more uh, races throughout the year, whether that's in Cars Tour or traveling to go do some, some big event races and uh, do things within that range or you know, we'd like to try to do some, some bigger stuff as well throughout the year, but uh, then again, all depends on funding and, and finding the right opportunity to do it. So, gotcha. But uh, as of right now, that Cars Tour race is the only one I got lined up outside of Carolina Pro.
1: All right. Well, uh look forward to hearing about that. You're welcome to come on the show and uh, make the announcement if you'd like. But uh, for now, we'll uh, let you go and look forward to talking to you again soon. Good luck at Franklin County. That is Mason Maggio. He drives for E33 Motorsports and Rick Ware on the Pro Late Model side of things, in the Carolina Pro Late Model Series. And you're going to be hearing a lot more about that young man in the future. Thanks for being on, Mason. And uh, back with
0: more after this including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park.
3: Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation.
4: Alcoholism can affect any family. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 866 or visit Alanon.org slash hope. Is
1: your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses.
2: but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup governor. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hey, I'm Howie Nescao, and you're
5: listening to B-Lab Radio.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to, of course, uh, this is Lead Lap Radio, and we are coming to you, as always, from the studios at WSIC, and really excited, honestly, to to be having an opportunity to talk about this. I'm not excited about the topic, but I'm excited that we finally had some opportunity in the show to talk about it, because I think it needs to get out there. Um, Back in... The February issue of Speedway Illustrated, one of their writers, Jason Beck, wrote a column. And the column is called Time to Act. And I'm going to read from this because this should be a concern to anybody in the motorsports industry. It doesn't matter what piece of the industry you're in. It should be a concern to anybody in the industry um or race fans, frankly, because um, this, if it's left unchecked and nothing's done about it, this could severely cripple the motorsports industry. So I'm going to read from part of this, um, and again, this is a Jason Beck column in Speedway Illustrated. Um, there is a bill that is going through some that is going through legislation here. um, That's called the protection of motorsports recognizing the protection of motorsports act. Now it's the RPM act for short. Now let me give you some background here. So Beck theorizes and I agree that it's far from hyperbole to say the future of motorsports is in jeopardy without legislation specifically protecting it. Unelected bureaucrats at the Environmental Protection Agency pose the biggest threat. For more than a hundred years, automobiles have been modified to race one another. But in 2015, the EPA released documents claiming the agency has authority under the Clean Air Act to fine or prosecute anyone modifying a street vehicle for any reason including off-road competition on private land. Back then, enthusiasts expressed concern. The EPA clarified that while they have the authority, they do not intend to target those who modify their vehicles strictly for racing. And Congress introduced the RPM Act, which never reached the floor for a vote after years stuck in committee. At the time, those of us, and this is Beck speaking, those of us sounding the alarm were ridiculed. Quote, the government would never end racing, the naysayers scoffed. After the shutdowns, many speedways endured in 2020. Does anyone really believe those in power care about our sport? So why do we need to pass the RPM Act now, five years after its introduction? Well, let me tell you. Because, and again, I'm still reading from Beck's column, because the EPA is back to its old tricks. Last year, this would be in 2021, Agents increased enforcement against manufacturers with products designed to modify vehicles. Even when those products were sold with a for competition use only disclaimer, one Florida company was fined $850,000 for selling devices that bypassed engine EGR valves. The EPA says the current enforcement campaign will run through 2023 With the intent of, and and be clear, hear this now, stopping the manufacture, sale, and installation of defeat devices on vehicles and engines used on public roads, as well as on non-road vehicles and engines. Did you catch that? As well as on non-road vehicles and engines. So in other words, that would be all race cars. They're... Words, the last few, our emphasis, again, still reading from Beck. But catch that. They're not only trying to stop the manufacture, sale, and installation of defeat devices on vehicles and engines used on public roads, but also on non road vehicles and engines. The EPA, and Beck says in parentheses, falsely, in our opinion, close parentheses, claims its authority extends again, hear this clearly to any vehicle or engine manufactured after 1970 for the entire life of the vehicle, not just while it's registered or roadworthy. And they say it is unlawful to tamper with any component on the vehicle that affects emissions so under the most extreme interpretation, they claim it's illegal to swap that old quadrajet for an aftermarket carburetor, add straight pipes, or remove the EGR valve on your street stock. Far from CAA's original intent. Now, the language in the recognizing of the Protection of Motorsports RPM Act is simple. The bill amends the Clean Air Act to say no action with respect to any device or element of design referred to in paragraph three shall be treated as a prohibited act under that paragraph. If the action is for the purpose of modifying a motor vehicle into a vehicle that is not legal for operation on a street or highway and is to be used solely for competition. So the RPM act would basically exclude any um, enforcement where it, comes to modifying a motor vehicle into a vehicle that is no longer legal for operation on a street or highway, but is solely used for motorsports competition. No need to pass this bill to find out what's in it. It's one paragraph long, but offers motorsports 100% protection against environmental extremists. Last year, after a campaign by the special equipment manufacturers association, that's SEMA, More than 1.5 million petitioners asked Congress to revisit the RPM Act. These voices were heard, and the bill was reintroduced in 2021 by Republican Senator Richard Burr of this great state of North Carolina and Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. So again, bipartisan support here. It's co-sponsored by 114 members of the House and 22 senators on both sides of the aisle. However, nowhere moves slower than D.C., and the RPM Act was once again sent to the EPA committee, the Environment and Public Works Committee, the act's best chance of being adopted is if it's tacked onto some other action sure to pass, like the highway bill. So Beck concludes, in part, what can you do? Well, you can reach out to your representatives and senators and ask them to pass this bill, that is the RPM Act, okay, explain how much revenue motorsports brings to your state and local community now if you are on facebook and go to the speedway illustrated facebook page you can go through on that page go to the top of their page that's the speedway illustrated facebook page go to the top of the page and um you can see that and um, and take action through that page to um, to uh, be part of that protest. And again, make sure that every one of your elected officials in your part of the state, or if you're outside of North Carolina, it doesn't matter where you are in the in the USA. Make sure your elected officials know that passing the RPM Act is a huge priority. Because I'm telling you what, that eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. It isn't the only one. There was a company in Tennessee that was fined, I think it was 50, either 30,000 or 50,000, and told they had 30 days to pay it, and if they didn't pay it in 30 days, it went up to 150,000. Really? So this has the capability to really wreak havoc with... Motorsports across the spectrum, not just certain forms of the sport, all of motorsports, every bit of it. Now, when you look at this, most people would say, well, they'll never go that far because look at the millions and millions and millions and millions at NASCAR and IndyCar. But here's the thing. This targets short track racing just as heavily and it's far more vulnerable to the effects of this same with drag racing and test and tune kind of racing. Anything where you're modifying a street car into a race car could be blown out by this. And again, if you're in a business that sells those things or manufactures those types of, of parts does those sort of things. You gotta understand the seriousness of this. Okay. Because you know, this is all about obviously the environment and I think we could all agree that we should be doing everything we can to obviously respect the environment and, and you know, whatever, uh, Advances we can make in technology. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'm all about solar power. I think it's great. Um, the idea of alternate forms of fuel—that's great too. But again, it's not just as simple as trying to force fossil fuels out of existence or whatever. Or trying to there are there are pluses and minuses. Every action has a reaction. So I'm for responsible discussion and i'm for obviously not just coming down and heavy-handedly destroying an entire industry that again um brings millions to a lot of communities and you know i would love to know the total the sum total i don't think you could Probably add it up, but the sum total, if you took every form of motorsports, every community nationwide, you know, it would be staggering. So the RPM Act needs to pass and needs to go into law ASAP.
3: Check it out. Back with more after this.
0: Is your job sucking the life out of you?
1: Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu.
4: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're
5: listening
1: to Lead Lap Radio. Welcome back to the Lead Lap Show. As we... Uh, Basically, are in our final segment already. I can't believe how fast this show goes. Uh, Tom Baker with you, and, of course, coming to you from the studios at WSIC in Statesville, North Carolina. And we we're going to do the book review. We'll uh, save that for another time. Uh, we've got another guest on our hotline that's called in, and I always love it when Walter Tapp calls because uh, he's always entertaining and informative and uh, just a great friend of the show and of racing in this area in general uh glad to have you back on walter first of all we got about uh, six minutes here but uh tell us uh, quickly how your first show went down in georgia with the new series that you've got
5: well it went absolutely uh i guess about as best as you could have planned it um you know was able to get the show in in a pretty quick manner had a couple caution flags one red flag we actually ran our whole entire 25-lap race in about 22 minutes, so I was pretty happy with nice. that. Um, you know, David Smith went to victory lane, came back, went through tech. Uh, of course, we sent tire samples off, fuel samples, all that good stuff that came back from Blue Ridge labs uh, About a week later, he was declared the official winner, so actually got the official, official money and all that good stuff, but... Really looking forward to it. We've had a couple of different sponsors come on board, like uh, Wolf Media Group and also Motul. Um, They're an oil product company based out of Greer, South Carolina, in the last couple of weeks. And we've made some major schedule announcements, too, over the last uh, little bit since I've had a chance to talk to y'all guys. Okay. We'll be going to uh, Whiff Raceway in Rural Retreat, Virginia, coming up on May 14th. It'll be the first ever 602 Lake model show that Whiff Raceway has hosted in their 52 years of running coming up on that day. love it. And on top of that as well, uh, just last week, we announced a twin feature down in the state of Georgia, and that is going to be on August the 6th at Sugar Creek Raceway. We will hold twin point races on the same night, 1,500 to win each of those events. Nice, good stuff
1: all right, so you're off to a good start. I know you had a good field of cars uh, down in Georgia too um, on kind of a i mean it was definitely not uh, the best weather weekend, but um it, you got it in, which was good at least it didn't you know it didn't uh, drop a lot of uh, moisture on you to um, affect it but um where can fans? Uh, find information about your series. Do you have a website up yet or where do they, where can they go if they don't have Facebook?
5: Uh, the best thing is if you don't have Facebook, we are now also on Twitter and Instagram. You can search us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, GM performance 602 series and it's pop right up. We've got both of those up and going and, they're really, really responsive with the Twitter. Um, you know, Lenny has Lenny Batiki has drilled that one into my head over the years. You've got to have a Twitter. Even, you know, <laughs> I, I was against it for the longest time, but you've got to have one. Um, but, yeah, so we've got those up and going. Still okay. working on trying to get the website up. We've got it in development with a couple of different folks trying to get it going. Um, just really waiting on the final touches to launch it. but. We' we've, we've, we've got nine races booked, and we were looking to add maybe one, maybe two more, and that'll be our season. We'll have a full first season booked and ready to go before we even get into the month of April, so I'm, I'm happy, I'm pleased with that. We're still in talks with uh, about two or three different tracks on some dates and stuff like that. but it, it's that time, you know, it's starting yes. we had this last cold little snap, and I believe we're going to be in the spring, and racing is going to be wide open. Coming up. I've actually got a double header weekend. Um I've got go kart in the morning and then I leave and go to East Lincoln to call the Blue Ridge race on Saturday night.
3: So
5: Love it. I'll be at the racetrack for probably about 13 14 hours on Saturday. At Love two it. different places in the state.
1: Sounds yeah. good. Supposed to be a much better weather weekend this weekend, so that's great. Uh Definitely excited about that. Okay, so I'll ask you this question. We asked uh, Mason Maggio, as a driver in the Carolina Pro Late Model Series, this, but I'll ask you the same question here. We got about two and a half minutes at the most here. So, uh, but what what are you seeing in terms of you know the effects of of you know shortages and and the difficulties with um, you know all the supply chain and and the gas and all that? Uh, what are you seeing out there?
5: I mean, to a degree, yes, it is affecting racing to a degree. The biggest thing it's affecting is tires, honestly. Yeah. Um, We have had to actually use our series as an example. We had to kind of loosen our tire rule up a little bit going into our first series race. Um, We've got, you know, we have a Hoosier option, an American Racer option. We actually had to allow in allow a different actually compound in because one of the compounds that we normally run with 602 lake models in this area it was not available they did mm. not get them actually to the suppliers in this area and they've just now started to really get them going it's still really hard to find a hoosier 1350 Oof. they're really hard you can find them but you may have to go Say you live in South Carolina, you may have to go to Georgia or Tennessee. You may have to go to two or three different people to get those right now. Um, And it's a, it's a trickle down effect. Unfortunately, it's not just on the dirt side. I've seen it on on the asphalt side as well. You know, with Anderson and Greenville Pickens, Greenville actually, they actually posted, that was one of the reasons they had canceled their opener was because of the tire storage.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Um, And it it feels like it's not going to get better anytime soon either. So uh, you guys as promoters are going to need to continue, I think, to uh, really find some creative ways to uh, kind of make things happen the way that you need to. And, uh, man, I I definitely wouldn't want to be in that position at this point in time.
5: Oh, yeah. And, you know, the thing, too, is, I had a long conversation with Ray Cook probably about a month ago, and there's no real quick fix to the problem. You know, it's like I told Ray, I said, can't you just go and, you know, go to the molds and produce more tires? He goes, well, the problem with that is it's twofold. One, our plant's producing as much as they can possibly produce without building another plant. right? And that takes years and time. He said the second part of that equation is, is work." Can you get folks to actually work? Yeah. And you can't work them to death on the other flip side? He said, because our guys are going, you know, full days, 10, 12 hour days. And he said, they can barely keep their head above water Was Crazy. the guidance that I got. And he said, you know, I talked to him not too long ago. They're just now getting to where they can get the production to a sustainable amount of tires get in away. the area.
1: Well, we'll keep track of it as we go forward. And, uh, again, always uh, excited to have you on. I wish we had more time here. We'll have to maybe we can get you back on uh, in the next week or two and talk some more. But, uh, Walter, we appreciate it. And uh, good luck the rest of the way with your series. That is Walter Tapp. And that is it for Lead Lap already. We're out. Have a blessed week, everybody. So long.
3: You've
0: been listening to the Lead Lap Show. Home to Southeast Motorsports coverage on the radio. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Lead Lab Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And visit leadlapshow.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of the Lead Lab Show. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of the Lead Lab Show.
5: Thank you for listening.